Hi, my name is Soraya. And I'm Yasmin, and this is the Sus Not Sus Pod. We're two unapologetic sisters dismantling mental health stigma one conversation at a time. At at a time. Yeah, at <laughs> a time. At at a time. Y'all can't see this, but Soraya's doing like a really weird, like, bring it on kind of dance. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta get up and do the. Um, it's 10am, sorry, what the fuck, it's too early for this see, shit. See, I wasn't inspired by uh, Bring It On, I was inspired by uh, Mona Lisa from Parks and Recreation when her and John Ralphio uh, fake his death. I haven't watched Parks and Recreation. Okay, mm. there's, a, there's a bit, I'll have to send you the video. Spoilers <laughs> alert, like seriously, sorry, spoiler alert, my god. Anyway, she's dancing away going... Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Oh my god, that's a meme. I thought that was fucking Ariana Grande. I'm like, where is this from? No, 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 no. That's it's from her because they've just oh. faked John Ralphio's death and they're both watching his funeral. So they're not that far away. <laughs> and so they start dancing and singing. And then they caught because John Ralphio is like dancing with her as well. <laughs> not hiding, just in plain sight. <laughs> Oh my god, I need to watch yeah. it. Oh my god, that's uh, so bad. I literally thought it was Ariana Grande. Yeah. I'm like, sounds sounds like her. And they did it for the insurance, so then they can go to um to like Azerbaijan and start a, like build a make a casino like beautiful. Yeah, so it was great. It was so good. Anyway, we're getting so sidetracked here. We haven't even fucking started. <laughs> <laughs> How can we get sidetracked? We haven't even gone on track yet. <laughs> Yeah, we just went on like a like a weird. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's your fault. <laughs> it is my fault. It is my fault. I got too distracting. You did. Mm. Um. So today, Soraya, let's get on track. Yeah. Today we're talking about abandonment issues. Ooh. <laughs> Why the fuck did you say it like that? I was trying to match your energy. <laughs> <laughs> The energy's gone. Oh, 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 well, fuck me then. Serious. It's a serious podcast. It's serious. It's a serious podcast. Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Anyway, friends, today <laughs> we are talking about abandonment issues. Ooh, abandonment issues? What are they? Well, Soraya, or the fake Soraya voice that I just put on, abandonment issues are also known as the fear of abandonment. There you go. What a wild line. So today we're going to be talking about what they are, where they come from, how they present themselves in our romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to go through some of the signs that you or others around you may have abandonment issues. Okay. Shall we? Do it. Let's do it. So fear of abandonment is a form of anxiety. That's plausible. Yeah, yeah. plausible. Yeah. Um, so fear of abandonment can stem from a variety of developmental experiences, particularly involving loss or trauma that is experienced within your youth. So trauma such as the breakdown of an important relationship, a friendship, or the quote unquote betrayal from someone else. Now this betrayal, uh, could be the loss of a person, not due to, um, death, but due to the fact that they may have left. So sometimes in terms of, uh, parents who have separated one may actually leave mm. um may leave the relationship of the partner but also their children yeah um so that would be like a bit of a betrayal to the child so yeah so instead of actually uh divorcing or like separating amicably where they shared the kid it's pretty yeah. much like the parent goes bye yeah basically the yeah. parent is like you know um i'm leaving you you've got the kids 
peace out later. Yeah, yeah, not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. And they may have some level of a presence in the child's life, but not enough that the child feels like they're cared for. Yeah. Um, But it can also happen in friendships. So say, for example, you might have a really, really close friendship um, and or even like with cousins and stuff, you might have a really close relationship with them and out of nowhere they just stop talking to you, uh, ghost you for lack of a better term. So, you know, little things like that where you might build a relationship with someone and all of a sudden they're gone yeah. because they chose to leave. Mm. But then also you do experience, you know, with loss in terms of death and stuff like that you may have a fear of getting close to people because the person might pass away. You might yeah. think, you know, it's all useless, we all die. Yeah. But today we're going to be talking about the abandonment where someone actually chooses to leave and how that can impact um, those affected and their own relationships later on. Okay. Cool. Um, so with sudden and traumatic abandonment, the trauma interrupts the normal development of certain types of cognitive and emotional capacities. So what that essentially means is it creates this um, idea of what a relationship will turn out to be or a friendship will turn out to be, an unhealthy version of that. So like I said beforehand, if it's the parental relationship, which as we're growing up is the first romantic relationship that we see behind closed doors and, you know, if that is to fall apart quite early and quite traumatically for the child, they may not have an idea of what a healthy romantic relationship looks like when it comes to creating their own. Right. Yes. So it's difficult for them to then create their own healthy relationship because of what they've experienced in the past. Well, and also it also depends on who they put the blame. I would assume it also depends on who they put the blame on that relationship deteriorating. So say, for example, Mm. like in a parent situation, Mm. they're like, oh, well, you know, my mom was like, you know, nagging my dad and all that sort of stuff. And and he left. And he left. So I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is just pretty much like cater to everything that like my man or my partner needs. Yeah. um, And just... Like, do whatever he said, like he wants and says because, yes. yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, you mean yeah. by that. Yeah, okay. There's that. And then there's also the fact that, um, you know, the person who left holds the blame. Yeah. And so they try to avoid relationships like that occurring, not so much in terms of, you know, I'm going to do everything that this person says so I can keep them happy, but I'm going to avoid those relationships altogether. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a little bit because I've got that set up later. So, um... Fear of abandonment, it's not an official phobia. However, a fear of abandonment is potentially one of the most commonly recognised fears. That is so weird that it's not an actual phobia. You think it would be. Well, because, like, abandonment is a concept, not a not an object, uh, not a thing. Oh, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you can't put a name, you can't touch abandonment. You can't. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's not like a fear of spiders or a fear of like small spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... It's a phobia. It's one of the most commonly um, present phobias in people Mm. that we are not always aware of and therefore it can be seen as the most damaging fear. Yeah, because it's not... Yeah. Because, yeah, you're unaware that you might have the fear. You may be unaware that you have the fear and therefore the fear drives you to make decisions that you could have made better if you were aware of the fear itself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So... Essentially, when that sort of situation happens where you experience a trauma and you don't tend to recognize it as a trauma, you sort of brush it under the rug, you may have adapted to the new circumstances due to that loss, but you've not yet healed from the trauma 
which means that you develop a series of behaviours to protect you from other traumatic events and other losses. Right. Mm. So, as we were just discussing beforehand, when it comes to romantic relationships, it the way that abandonment can affect people can vary on a huge scale. But today, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about the extremes. Okay. So, we're going to talk about two different ways people can go. The extreme extreme A, I'm going to call it, and extreme B. Yeah. Right? Now, Extreme A is where a person will lean towards unhealthy emotional connections because it's what they're used to. It's what they're comfortable with. They're used to the idea that someone will leave because they're at fault. Like the per- right. like person A is yeah. at fault for the people leaving. So as you said, they'll tend to cater to that person more to keep them yeah. happy yeah. and keep them there. Mm-hmm. Whereas extreme person B will leave healthy situations for the fear that the person will then leave them once they get to know them, therefore reinforcing the idea that person B holds that they were left because they weren't good enough. Right. Right? So they they do the leaving themselves instead of, unlike person A, who pretty much tries to hold on to the other person. Yeah. Right. They then leave themselves Mm -hmm. because they just can't deal with the fact that someone might get close to them, someone might really see them yeah, and possibly reinforce the idea that they should have been left, that the person who left them in the first place, whether it was a parent, a friend or whatever, was right in doing so. That's a a real control freak thing. Yeah. I I mean, like, I suppose both of them are. Both of them are, but the the second one I feel like it's it's more so because they're Mm. really holding control of the relationship and deciding, like... And, and that, that's just, like, leading to superficial relationships. Exactly. Now, the thing that's interesting about extreme A and extreme B is that extreme A puts yourself in a position where you create... Well, you don't create, but you are sticking yourself into an environment where it's toxic towards you. You put yourself um, in the line of fire because you're like, well, at least I'm putting myself there, right? And I'm going to do whatever it takes to stop them from shooting the gun. Whereas the person B is hurtful and harmful to other people because they will hurt others with their trauma Mm. by building up a relationship and then bailing last minute. And I bet they're not honest about it either. Probably not. Yeah. I think the thing with abandonment issues, things like this, and the reason why it's probably one of the most, you know, damaging fears and most common fears is that we're probably not honest about honest with ourselves about what's going on within our own thoughts and emotions. Therefore, you know, we might know that something traumatic happened to us, but we don't actually connect it to what's happening to us in our future. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So we don't connect the behaviours that we've used to adapt to the situation of the loss and trauma to the actual trauma, which is what therapy does. Mm. Right. It's the, this is like that. That person B is like kind of like reminding me a little bit of a uh, an ex right now. An ex of yours. An ex of mine. Cool, because this was like reminding me about an ex of mine. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I feel like I can put myself in person A's shoes because not to that extreme extent, but I have experienced person A sort of vibes. Yeah. But. Do you want to run through with me the um, timeline of a relationship and how person A and person B will react? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Cool. So in romantic relationships, you have the getting to know you phase, right? Mm -hmm. For both people. I don't remember what that's like, but yeah. (laughs) You've been committed for a long time, honey. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So 
with both person A and person B, mm. they find it really comfortable. They feel safe because it's, you know, it's the beginning of something. It's exciting. It's new. They feel exciting and new. They feel shiny and new. They feel, you know, seen and heard, even though they don't really know the person very well. And they probably think that this time it's going to be different too. Exactly. Mm. They think, you know, this is it. Someone's seen me, like, and look at how much they, they want to spend time with me, how much they like me. Um, you know, this is going to be it. This is going to be the relationship that's going to fix me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Quote, unquote, fix me yeah. or fix my love life or whatever. Like, this is going to be the one. Yeah. Then we have the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. This is where we start to see a separation between person A and person B. Person A will feel safe, but they will deliberately ignore red flags. Right. Yeah. So they may subconsciously be aware of the fact that there are red flags there, but they'll brush it under the rug. Because it'd be like, but you know, like if he, if he didn't love me or care about me, he wouldn't stay with me. Or not, like... just, not just that, but you might see or hear things that would normally contradict against your values, but you kind of just don't acknowledge it. You might think, oh, you know what, you know, they might have experienced a trauma. There's a trauma behind this behavior and you tend to be empathetic towards it. So you're making it. excuses for them. For exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. You try, You probably think, oh, once I get to know them more, then maybe I'll understand why they're this way. As yeah. opposed to just sticking by your guns and being like, actually, this makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. Right. Then you've got person B where they feel safe and they only show what they want the other person to know. Yeah, the person that they believe, the person that they want to be or perceive yeah, to be, yeah. but what they're, they're not capable of. They, they, they create like a persona. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, you know, everything's perfect, everything's good, mm-hmm. I've got nothing wrong with me. And so they only reveal certain personal information to play into that yeah. persona. Yeah. Right? So they start, they start trying to let people in, mm. but like a centimetre. Yeah. Right, then you get down to the real relationship. Now, for both people, you know this is where normal routines set in. You know, like you stop seeing each other as often as you did, or date nights become harder, or date nights end up being like hanging out with the family and the friends. Like people getting into your circle a bit more, Um, or you know, work constraints come up, or activities come up, or instead of being in your pocket all the time, they start hanging out with their friends again and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Um, and you know, this can be seen to the other person as them pulling away yeah, and not seeing the person as the shiny new perfect people that they were, they felt like in the beginning. Yeah. So it's starting to get a bit real, you know, people are having real conversations and they start working towards building a real relationship, which involves communicating mm. about issues that may arise, both person A and person B may not react well to that because they might see it as being seen and being criticised. And why? while it might be for person A, it might be a red flag situation. Yeah. And for person B, it might be a healthy relationship situation. The reaction of both is to freak out, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Yeah. So person A will start thinking, what can I do to make sure that this person doesn't leave me, yeah. I'll fix, I'll go through everything that they're telling me that's wrong with me and I'll fix it, I'll do whatever they want. And person B will start thinking, oh, shit, they're starting to see me. Well, I'll stop hanging out with them. I'll stop seeing them. I won't talk to them as often. I'll stop talking to them about things that are personal to me. Yeah. 
So one grabs, so person A grabs on to, um, you know, hope with sheer force and then person B starts going, whoa, and sort of pushing them aside. Yeah, they're kind of like the person A bit kind of reminds me of someone that we know that I think they possibly have abandonment issues. Okay. Where their husband is constantly looking at other women and right. making comments about other women. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do now. Yeah. Um, comments about other women. And so she has felt the need to dangerously diet yeah. and, and exercise and do all this shit. Like, to the point, like, it's 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 Super not it's, it's really unhealthy. Like, um, But and also when faced with the red flags has been like, no, 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 that's just how it is. That's how life is. You don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, um, and it's just like, oh, you know, it's actually – and like the whole idea, like oh no, it's it's a it's a woman's fault, or it's it's my fault that they're looking at other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I believe there was there's probably probably been infidelity in that relationship as well, definitely oh, on his side, definitely. And I can imagine that she would just blame herself her, herself yeah. for that, or just ignore it altogether, or ignore it altogether. Yeah. But then, like, because she's like constantly doing stuff to fix mm-hmm. fix her, fix herself. Yeah. Um. And you know, making positive changes and healthy changes, but this is like to a point where it's obsession. Yeah. And it's actually like self-loathing. Yeah. In a, in a way. Yeah. And person B reminds me of my ex who mm. cheated on me. Right. Dick. Yep. But he always used to say to me, "I would never cheat on you because." Mm. My father did that. Now, oh. his father pretty much abandoned him and his mum. Mm. Like, he was adopted by his stepdad. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, he was adopted by his stepdad. Okay. So, like, like there's no relationship with his actual dad. And mm. it was because his dad was, real dad, was constantly cheating on his mum oh, and stuff. Upsetting. So... He was just like, I would never do that, blah, 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 blah. I'm this, like, guy, like, I would never do that because my mum went through that and I'll never do that to a woman. Unbeknownst to me, he was had... Was doing that to you? Not doing it to me, but had done, cheated on every single girlfriend he had ever had. Dick move, Yeah, dude. and then when he actually finally did cheat on me, mm. he broke up with me, so then I wouldn't find out. I didn't find out until, like, six months later when someone told me that he had actually cheated on me. Just... Because he just said to me, oh, you know, it's just not working out. Which was really funny because two days before that or three days before that, mm. he told me he loved me. Yeah. And then cheated on me the next day. Yeah. Because obviously things must have been getting too too real. Yeah. Right? And so self-sabotaged and then left me so that I still had this idea. And then that made me feel. So this is this is a consequence of like. This is a consequence of, like, you know, person B's actions yeah. with abandonment issues. Yeah. Is then I thought that I was the problem. Yeah. And there was something wrong with me. Yeah. Because how the hell did someone tell me they loved me two days ago and then all of a sudden they don't yeah. love me yeah. anymore? Absolutely. That's the problem with it comes where it, where it comes down to with um, uh, un- unhealed trauma, I guess you could mm. call it. Unworked trauma is that the amount of hurt you cause due to your trauma you might not even see it yourself yeah because you're constantly working to protect yourself or you're constantly ignoring your own red flags based of like what your trauma has how your trauma has influenced your behavior 
And you know, I think we've said it at certain different times of the podcast, like your healing is your responsibility. Mm. Even though what caused your trauma may not be your fault, your responsibility is to heal from that trauma so that you don't hurt others, which is the problem with person B. Person A is just as problematic because they hurt themselves. They hurt themselves, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, person B has a bit of a wider reach, but person A can be just as horrible. Yeah. To themselves, sorry. I mean, the circumstances of the um, the consequences of the actions could be just as horrible. Yeah. Not they themselves. They've yeah. been hurt. All right. So, essentially what happens with person A, they can become clingy, demanding, willing to put up with toxic behavior, and they can romanticize the shit out of their relationships, mm-hmm. right? And then person B figure the person will leave them anyway and then they tend to overthink or try to look for hidden meanings in the relationship and in behavior and stuff and figure that you know i'll leave before they leave me so yeah they're just constantly self-sabotaging themselves yes yeah both ways Mm. you know person a is stopping themselves from having a healthy relationship by sticking in a toxic one person b is stopping themselves from having a healthy relationship by leaving it at the last minute and you know what the really sad thing about like person a Mm. is that they will always be found by those people who will take advantage of that and abuse that. Oh, yeah. Abusive people can literally sense vulnerability like they have a goddamn radar, radar yeah. you know, and people who are like person A are extremely vulnerable to toxic experiences. Yeah. Um, and they tend to be quite empathetic to those who are toxic because they've been through so much themselves that they assume other people act the way they do because they've been through a lot, whereas sometimes they're just assholes. Yeah, and it's just like, your trauma doesn't excuse you being an asshole. Exactly, see, it's kind of like a full circle thing. There's extremes of the same issue, but they can sometimes influence each other. If person A and person B get into a relationship, my God. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, look... As I said beforehand, like, there are so many ways people can experience abandonment issues, but there are many telltale signs that you might have it. Yeah. Okay. Or someone around you might have it. Mm -hmm. So, people who experience abandonment issues will probably attach very quickly and very seriously to other people. So, you might have a friendship where one person is, like, really full on, all of a sudden, out of nowhere. They may have met you last week and they say you're their best friend, Mm. right? Or in a relationship, they may be all over you just from the get-go, like really all over you. Not so much like, you know, hey, I want to see you every single day, but like, oh, you're my love, you're my life, that sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, They may also fail to fully commit. So people who tend to have abandonment issues tend to have a series of many short-term relationships or as we like to call them, us millennials, situationships. Because, <laughs> you know... I've never heard that before. You're dating. Yeah. You're seeing each other every day. You're talking about your lives. But you're not officially boyfriend-girlfriend yet, so it's not really like a relationship, is it? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It's essentially a relationship without the fucking label. I can see why this was sparking some life ideas <laughs> for you. <laughs> anyway, so they tend to have a huge series of short-term relationships which or is, situationships. Which is so weird because they attach quickly, but then they have short-term relationships. Well, here's why, Saray. Here's why. They tend to move quickly from one person to the next to sever that attachment because they get fearful of the attachment and then they bail 
and then they move on to the next one really quickly. That's why they have lots of short-term relationships where they attach really quickly, but then get scared and then leave. Right. And then move on to the next person to get over their fear. Yeah. Of the attachment. But I think it's also as well probably because they can pretty much be like, um, well, I well, obviously I don't miss them. Like they try to, it's like a they way try to convince to, they, themselves. They try to, it's like the typical saying, isn't it? Like when you come to a breakup, it's like the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fucking true, all right? It's no. fucking unhealthy. Don't do that shit. Yeah. All right. Anyway, going on with my list. So they move on quickly. They, um, particularly with women, and this tends to be more person A, they tend to engage in unwanted sexual relationships Mm. because they assume that the attention that they're getting, the sexual attention that they're getting is what they deserve as the bare minimum. So yeah, like the whole friends with benefits stuff then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if say, for example, they meet someone, they want to be in a relationship with the person and the other person just says, oh, look, I'm sleeping with six, seven, eight different people, whatever the fuck you do you. Um... And they turn around and they go, oh, well, you know, I could sleep with you, but I don't really like you like that. And then the person who has the romantic feelings, ten, which tends to be women from the research that I did, um, will put up with that because of the fact that they think, oh, well, this is the only way I'm going to get them to love me. This is the only way I'm going to feel their love. Or, or yeah, it could be that, you know, they may have experienced a traumatic event where they have such little confidence within themselves that when they receive sexual um, attention, they feel that that's the only thing that they deserve. They don't deserve to be loved. Right. Right? So something else they might also do is stay in unhealthy relationships, like we said beforehand, as a sense of control. I can control that this is hurting me. I know it's hurting me, but I'm letting it happen. Yeah. Right? Um... They can also struggle with others who are hard to please. So this is where person B comes in, where, you know, if their partner or their friend comes up and just goes, hey, when you do this, it really, it doesn't really vibe with me. Yeah. They might turn around and be like, well, that's just, that's me though. So I don't know what you want me to do about it. Yeah. I clearly can't please you. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Set me for who I am. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, They might avoid or struggle with emotional intimacy. Like we said beforehand with person B, um, they may feel insecure and unworthy of real love, which can happen to everyone who has um, abandonment issues. They accept the love that they think they deserve, um, which either means staying in an unhealthy relationship or leaving healthy ones where they actually felt loved. Yeah. Uh, They have a difficulty fully trusting people, so they won't really open up to others or they won't, um, say for example, they won't rely on other people. It's not just about opening up with your feelings and stuff like that. They may just not rely on other people. Mm. Um, they can often be jealous, not just of their partner or their friends, um, you know, how it, that affects their own personal relationship, but the relationships that other people have. Right. So say, for example, like, say, for example, their parents may have broken up mm. and then they'll look at other romantic relationships and be like, why couldn't my parents have something like that? Mm. Even that level of jealousy. Yeah, I have like an ex-friend from high school yeah who turned to be became my bully and i think it stems from the fact that like because she used to hate the fact that like our parents were together yeah they're still together obviously but um but her parents were going through like the messiest the because you guys were really close before that and she knew our family quite well yeah and also as well like her mum just upped and out of it like her mum literally pretty much got into like what happened was that she was cheating on the dad mm-hmm. 
She left the dad for the guy. Yeah. But also left the kids. Yeah. See, that's that and big s- a- yeah. abandonment. And it, it, it didn't happen when she was a child, but it still yeah. happened when she was young enough. Yeah. And see, dad, like, mum majority of the time would pick us, pick me up from the bus or pick me up from school. And her mum wasn't there. Her mum wasn't there. So, yeah. And I think she had, like, a big, like, a big, big issue. issue with that. And yeah. the easiest way for her to, like, deal with that was, was to, to take sever it the on friendship. Me. Sever the friendship with me, but also take it out on me, too. Yeah. Which is shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so other things that people can, um, experience when they have separation anxiety, they can, sorry, when they experience, (laughs) when they have abandonment issues, they can experience separation anxiety. Okay. So, which is when we're talking about person A, they can become really clingy and shit like that. Yeah. Um, people who have abandonment issues can be hypersensitive to criticism, as I said beforehand, because someone left and they might feel like it's their own fault. So they may be hypersensitive to criticism because someone telling them that, oh, hey, you know, maybe don't do this or, hey, maybe don't do that reinforces the idea that there's something wrong with that them. there's something wrong with them, that they're not good enough and the person who left them had a right to leave them. Yeah. Right? Um, they tend to overthink things and they will work really hard to find their own hidden meetings. Person A and person B do this in totally different ways. Okay. Person A will overthink things. They'll feel the gut feeling of, you know, this is a bad situation. This is hurting me. But they'll overthink it and turn it into something good. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, they're just a wounded soul. They need my help. Or I'm misunderstanding things. I don't know what's going on. I need to deal with it. Yeah. Whereas person B will come to separate conclusions being like, oh, well, they said X, Y, Z. So clearly they don't really like me. They don't really like this. Like, I'm not good enough for them. Fuck it. I just, I'm going to go. Yeah. Right. Um, And then the final thing that people tend to um, express when they have abandonment issues Mm. is they have repressed anger issues and issues with self-control and they engage in a lot of self-blame. Okay. So because of the self-blame and the mixture of the actual blame being with the person who left, who severed the relationship quite quickly, they sort of mixed together where they become like a bubbling cauldron and they explode. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they blame themselves because they think they should blame themselves because why would someone leave if they loved them, as you said before him. Mm. But then they also know deep down that the person who's at fault is the person who left. Yeah, but they don't they don't deal with it. But they don't like to blame that person because if that person says that they love them why would they leave? There has to be something wrong with me or you yeah. know, the person involved. So that sort of affects the self-control and the anger because all of those feelings and emotions coming together, bubbling up, is explosive. Yeah. So that's a big list of signs that you may have abandonment issues. Um, as I said, they really affect you in so many different ways. And, like, look, when I was doing my research, I tried really hard, like, I know with our episodes, we tend to be do a little bit of like, you know, at home remedies, like what you can do to make sure that, especially with our social media episode, it was like, what can you do to make sure that this is not affecting you as much as you would, you know, it would. But really with abandonment issues, the only really thing that's really going to help you is therapy. But on top of that too, you have to like admit it to yourself first that you have it. And exactly. a lot of people don't. That's the real big first step. I think deep down you know, like a lot of people who've experienced abandonment trauma know that they've been traumatised by it, but they just refuse to see how that 
trauma affects their actions Mm. which is really upsetting because people who've experienced like an abandonment whether from a parent whether from a family member or you know a friend and it affects their relationships going forward where they refuse to allow themselves to be seen by another person or they refuse to stand up for themselves in toxic situations um you know it stops them from experiencing real happiness and it stops them from you know, experiencing relationships, friendships on a actual healthy level that could really foster them. And so by not going back and looking at that trauma and healing from it and dismantling those behaviours that we used to adapt to the situation to protect ourselves, we're stopping ourselves from actually being our own actual people, our own fundamental selves, which stops you from being happy. Yeah, because I just think, like, superficial relationships don't actually bring you anything. And which is why, you know, people with abandonment issues tend to have a lot of those superficial relationships because it doesn't bring them anything. It doesn't bring them joy, but it doesn't bring them hurt. I think, yeah, and I think also as well is, like, with those superficial relationships, if those people leave, it's like, well, whatever, like, I didn't really care about them to begin with in the first place. Exactly. Um, But that's, that's, like, how you become, I think, disconnected. Like Absolutely. And not just disconnected from others, but disconnected from yourself. Yeah. You know? Like, it's just... It's something that affects so many people in so many different ways, and yet not many people talk about it or they joke about it to some level of a degree. And it's just, it's upsetting because we deserve more. Mm. We deserve better. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing is like, how, the, how do we help these people? And I think it's like, if you see that these signs maybe suggest to that person like you know maybe you might have abandonment issues yeah or even just say to someone like hey look you know did something happen in your past that you want to talk about or even just like we said in our supporting other episode you know supporting others episode maybe do your research and be like hey you know I think this is probably really affecting you have you thought about talking to someone about it yeah because unfortunately with abandonment issues and with trauma that leads to them is that there are so many layers there that you're not going to get it by unfollowing someone on Facebook or by yeah. doing yoga or drinking chamomile tea. Mm. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, this is real trauma that affects you in really subtle yet large ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was fascinating to research. I had a really good time doing that. Mm. A lot of things to think about. Lots of little nuggets of information and seeds of th- for thought. Food for thought. <laughs> Food for thought. It's too fucking early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was fun. Um, and I hope it was beneficial to everyone listening. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let's move on to our self-care activities for the week. Soraya, talk to me. What did you do this week that really self-cared for you? Well, like, since, you know, working in retail and I have to wear, like, a mask eight hours a day, my skin has gotten so freaking terrible. Yeah. So I've just been doing stuff while being on annual leave and not having to wear a mask eight hours a day. I've been trying to really take care of my skin. Beautiful. Um, so the other day I sent you a photo of me in one of those uh, bubble masks. And if no one knows what a bubble mask is, it's pretty much, like, a sheet mask mm. that you put on your face and then it grows because it turns into, like, a mass of bubbles and it's amazing they're so much fun do they actually do anything for your skin though mm. 
Really? It's a, it was because it was an exfoliating one. So after I took Ooh. it off, I like rubbed it into my skin and it took like a lot of like the dead skin away that I had. Hot. Yeah. I was, love that. It was great. Cool. Yeah. How about you? Um, This week I did the ultimate self-care. I pulled my head out of my ass and I started studying. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my thing and I'm like, I am eight weeks behind in my course. Ooh, I cannot keep avoiding this shit. I cannot keep being like, oh, you know, like, I'm relatively good at study, but I hate this course. It's boring. No, I pulled my head out of my ass. I'm like, Yasmin, you're going to fail. You're going to absolutely fail if you don't do this shit. You spent so much money on it too. Yeah, I spent a lot of money on it. Yeah. I had to get a credit card to buy this damn course. So just because it's not ideal and COVID has really affected the organisation of it and I hate when things are disorganised, I like to be prepared, does that mean I should self-sabotage and fail by not doing the work because it annoys me that the tutors are disorganised? So I pulled my head out of my ass and I started studying and I'm still hella behind but I'm feeling better about it. Well, that's good. I know. I'm probably still going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, let's, like, I, I, I don't think so. I think you're going to, you're going to pull through. Just like, oh, I just need a pass. Just need a fucking pass. P's get degrees, fam. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really terrible sentiment to end it on. But yes, it's true. But it doesn't mean, it's not great. You shouldn't have to push yourself to the extent of, you know, uh, burning yourself out if you don't need to. <laughs> just saying. No, like, I should really try. I just don't want to do this course. It's a necessity, not a desire. So, yeah. whatever. Anyway, that's us mm-hmm. for today, for this week. Yeah. Uh, if you liked our episodes, please follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Podbean, where we stream our uh, episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the Soz Not Soz Pod. That's S O Z N O T S O Z P O D. And if you add an at gmail.com, you can chuck us an email with your thoughts and. Yeah, I mean, keep in contact. We love hearing feedback from you guys. We like hearing about, like, what resonated with you in the episode. So chuck us a message whenever yeah. you like. And also, don't be scared of, like, giving us feedback. I've noticed, like, some of the things that we've put on Instagram, we haven't been getting that much feedback from, even though a lot of people have seen it. Yeah. Um, don't be scared. Like, the reason why Yasmin and I uh, have put that out there is not because... Like, we're going to get pissed off at you or angry at you. Or take it personally. Or take it personally. Is that we really want to make uh, this podcast grow. Yeah. And we really want it to be successful. And the only way that we can do that is if we have, you know, really, like, if we have, you know, feedback and stuff to... um, To help us, like, develop. And grow, yeah. And also, like, the whole thing behind this podcast was to create a fostering community for... um, you know, those who want to get involved. And if we hear from you, then we're able to create the community that you guys deserve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, because that's the whole thing that the reason why we wanted to create this was because we do want to build a community yeah. um, and eventually build a community where we can have other people on and talk about their experience with mental health. Because I think, you know, us doing just like informational things is fun and it's great, but we would love to eventually have guests on in the future. So we can discuss. Yeah. Like we love informing ourselves and you guys, but we would love to be able to like to debate and discuss. So, but if yeah. you just hear like other people's experience with mental health, because like, yeah, you, know, absolutely. you guys constantly hearing it from our perspective, like that's from like our perspective. Yeah. And 
It so, would be great to hear from other people as well. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, don't be scared of giving us feedback. Don't be scared of answering to our Instagram stories. Don't be scared of messaging us. Like, we love to hear from you. We love mm. you guys. And we're so grateful to all of you for listening in. Um, so we would love to hear what you think yeah. as well. All right, well, that's thanks. us. Yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.